Good morning, listeners. <laughs> this is one of those rare occasions where I am recording this episode for you on the day it is to be published. I woke up extra early to make sure that this would be posted by your usual 6 a.m. Tuesday time. I am coming off of 56 hours of Tony Robbins and then an additional session last night with my coach Carissa Kuchis from Unleash Her Power Within. I am not paid to endorse these programs. Um, I do not work for Tony Robbins. I am just a huge believer in personal and professional development. And so I have spent the past few days just really immersed in processing and learning so many things that I'm excited to share with you and to share with my clients, my friends, my family. And that is kind of the whole point of this podcast of my business, Healing Your Mindset, is that I have spent years um, healing my own trauma and my own patterns. And I don't want you to have to spend as many years as I have spent. My goal is to share the things that I know so that you can fast track your healing and live the life that you deserve. So with that said, um, this morning I'll be sharing with you some of my revelations and hopefully just some tools and food for thought on how um, you can make your life just a little bit better, even if just for today. So I'm glad you're here. Thank you for listening. Um, this episode is titled, I drink the Kool-Aid <laughs> because, um, yeah, I've just been truly in what Tony calls a beautiful state ever since, uh, this weekend and since we started and I don't want to lose momentum from the immersion. And so, um, that's why I didn't record the podcast yesterday. I really dove into just doing and practices. How many times have you either, you know, learned something in therapy or, um, you know, gone to a training for work or, um, take it a course and been really excited and jazzed up about, um, what you learned. And then, you know, a day goes by, two days go by, three days go by, and you're just back to, you know, regular old life. Um, I didn't want that to happen for me and I don't want that to happen for you. So, um, that is what's so interesting about immersion, right? So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about limiting beliefs. We all have these core limiting beliefs, and I'm sure you've heard that. Um, many people are talking about it more lately, which I love because it's bringing awareness to the fact that um, we have these inner voices inside of us that guide our behavior and our interactions and our relationships so much more than we think that they do. So um, one of mine has always been, I'm, I'm not worthy or I'm not enough. 
And then we did a process with Tony and it, and I drilled down even further and it came out to be, I don't matter. And so that's one of the beliefs I was focusing on a lot this weekend. And then, you know, I was taking it back into, um, my life, like the, the, the changes that I made with Tony and the new affirmations and the new truth that I know about myself. And, and for years, and even for the last nine weeks of working with KK in my mind, like that's one of the beliefs I've been focusing on and a huge, um, pillar or portion of my life that I've been working on, um, is my romantic relationship, which has been suffering, um, for a long time. Yeah. Especially, um, since Mike's cancer recovery, we've been just having a really hard time. And so I, I'm a proponent of trying to always look at both sides of why something is not working, including my contribution. And so the interesting thing was, in the back of my mind and in all the work I've been doing, I, I thought I needed to work on this piece of worthiness. And while that's important, there's other patterns and things that have been at play here. So um, I find this interesting that I'm sharing this today. It's March 22nd. I'm going to give you a little history here so you can see a pattern that I've had for a very long time. Um, I... Uh, March 22nd was my original wedding date. Um, I am since divorced. We, my partner, my ex-husband and I, um, a very close friend of ours, his very best friend, and our would have been, um, not man of honor, best man, um, passed away um, before our wedding and he was very sick. And so, um, he didn't pass on the 22nd. He actually passed just a couple days after. And, but around that time, we both knew that things didn't look good and our relationship at the time was suffering. And so we moved our wedding date to July of the same year. Um, and our friend had passed before our wedding. And so we had a different best man and, um, I'm sharing this story because, um, the way people handle trauma and the way people handle when things get hard is different. And it's rare that you'll find two people in a relationship that handle trauma the same. And I am a person that really enjoys physical touch. I need to be you know, I need to have affection, words of affection. I always joke that all the five love languages are for me. So anybody who's with me is going to struggle to meet all of those needs, which is why I do so much work uh, to meet those needs for myself and within other relationships. And anyway, um, we got married and I still love this person dearly. He's He's a wonderful man and I can see that now. Um, but we didn't handle, handle that well. And I'm going to share with you a pattern that I learned about myself last night that probably contributed to the demise of our uh, relationship and then marriage. So I, um, 
it last night I went to my secondary Tony Robbins program with KK and I'd already kind of thought to myself, you know, I did so much work this weekend. I'm tired. I need to report the record my podcast. I'm gonna, um, maybe I'll just catch the replay. I know we're just, you know, debriefing tonight and processing everything we learned over the weekend. And so, but then something inside of me said, no, play full out, go, go live, be there with everybody, feel the energy, share your stories. And the very first woman who shared started talking about a pattern and a limiting belief that came up for her in this process that we did. And she shared that um, a belief that she had was to be heard that she had to be snarky and mean and sarcastic and that it's a learned behavior that she learned from her household, from her parents, because I mean, it's only natural that you learn from your environment, but guess what guys, the beauty is we have the power to change our patterns and things that we've picked up along the way, right? So anyway, this woman is sharing that she this is how she thinks she needs to be heard when she's frustrated. And, um, and it really, it hit me like almost like a ton of bricks. I was like, whoa, like this is so profound because I grew up in a home with a lot of humor, but also a lot of sarcasm, a lot of, um, you know, you know, you don't know anyone better than, you know, your family. And, Everybody also knew the right buttons to push when they were hurt. They knew the things to say that would get to the other person, really personally hurtful things. And I'm not ashamed to admit this because I feel like it's helping me and it can hopefully help you. But when I saw myself in this woman, I thought to myself, when I'm hurt, I act from my hurt. I don't act from my heart. And that comes out as sarcasm, as wit, and not to pat myself on the back, but I'm pretty smart. And so I know how to navigate a conversation in a room, and I have the power to speak from my heart and move that conversation in a direction that serves me and the other person, or I have the power to be right and to be sarcastic and to be rude and to say things that just perpetuate shame. And when she said this, I was like, oh my God, I've done that so many times. And throughout the past nine weeks of the other course I've been doing, one of the things I've been writing down is I'm the kind of person that acts from my heart, not from my hurt, without realizing that I'm still acting from my hurt because I'm in such an open wound. And when my ex-husband and I were going through our loss and then navigating new marriage. And there were so many expectations and so many things that weren't being met at the time that I was acting out of my hurt. And I was being that person that felt like she could only be heard with sarcasm or the wit or look, can't you see? Can't you see how much I'm hurting? And no, someone else who's hurting can't see how much you're hurting because all they can see is how much they're hurting. And it was just this huge revelation. And it's it's easier said than done. It's easier to say, you know, 
I, um, I'm sarcastic or rude when I'm hurt, but it's a different thing to recognize it in the moment and choose something different. And I'm sharing this with you because I'm sure I'm not the only one. Um, I believe it's Robin Sharma that said this, but I heard it from Kim Fitzpatrick and that is hurt people, hurt people. And what I want to share with you today is that you don't have to hurt people to be heard. And maybe you won't be heard in the, in the moment when you speak from that space of heart. However, I feel like it's going to land a lot better than a hurt person that's already hurt, getting more hurt added on top of it. And regardless of if the other person receives what you have to say in the moment, you're going to feel a lot better about that interaction and you're going to release your own shame and guilt about what you could have done better or how you could have interacted better. And that's going to sit better in your heart. That's going to sit better in your body. That's going to sit better in your nervous system, right? And the whole point isn't getting what we want. It's being who we want and breaking our patterns so that we can heal and not repeat these things in our relationships after last night, I looked back on not just my marriage, but other relationships that I've had throughout the years, friendships, my relationships with my family, uh, relationships with friends, relationships that have since ended, and thought, how many times did I act out of hurt? How many times was I sarcastic or mean or rude? And the weight of all of that I know in my heart I will not be perfect, but I know as I move forward, my interactions are going to look different and I'm going to consciously try to break that pattern so that I don't end future relationships that are really meaningful to me. And that's not to say that other people are, you know, um, don't contribute to problems in relationships, but what it is to say is that we are responsible for us. And at the end of the day, we have to know that our contribution was, um, I don't want to say enough because it's always enough, but that it was coming from the right place and that it was coming from a conscious place and not a pattern and not an automatic. So I want to encourage you if this is this particular pattern or way of thinking or believing or getting your needs met is resonating with you to just take a pause Sorry, I'm a little congested in the morning. <laughs> Take a pause. Maybe just notice your body. Where is what I'm saying hitting in your body? Is there a knowing there that you've been acting out of hurt or that you have in the past? If you're not driving, take a few deep breaths. Or you can take a few deep breaths while you're driving, but just don't close your eyes. If you're not driving, close your eyes. And just be with yourself with that feeling and just see what comes up. Just let the memories flood in. Start to notice where perhaps you've acted about hurt, out of your hurt. And don't let these memories come in thinking about how ashamed you feel or how angry you are with yourself. If that comes up, Use that as information 
But just take a moment to forgive yourself and forgive the situation. Because you didn't know then what you know now. At least not consciously anyway. Just as I wasn't connected to this pattern, this this true belief that I've had for such a long time until I heard someone else speak it into existence last night. Just sit with it for a minute. Forgive yourself. And now that you know, when you know better, do better. We can't shame ourselves or beat ourselves up for the past and operating out of patterns or the only thing we've ever known or our own survival mechanisms. But once we know, once we know our pattern, once we know the difference, it's time to make a choice to figure out how to change. This may feel kind of heavy for some of you. And if it does, that's also information for you. You're welcome to reach out to me to ask any questions about further processing on how to change your patterns, how to manage something like this. And most importantly, the more we do the work, the more we take care of ourselves, the more we uncover the truth so that we can heal and move forward and embody the beautiful people that we already are. So for today on this Tuesday, March 22nd, I will ask you, to ask yourself, what is the one thing you will do for yourself today? And as a friendly reminder, it doesn't always have to be, you know, it doesn't always have to be something extravagant. It can simply be five minutes by yourself. Maybe for you today, it was listening to this podcast and that's all you had time to to do to make time for yourself. (laughs) Maybe it's a hot shower. Maybe it's drinking more water. We don't have to overcomplicate self-care. It doesn't have to be a fancy massage or a manicure. It can be because those things are lovely. But when you don't have the time or the means, how can you let your body and your mind know, I'm here for you. I love you. This is a little shorter today, but I feel like it's packed with meaning. And I'm so thankful that you continue to show up for yourself and continue to listen to this podcast in appreciation and love. Thank you so much. See you next week.